I didn't communicate well the first time. So this day we just want to take some time to thank um, most of you actually for serving this year, uh, for being part of church. And there are more thank yous than what there are people in this church, which means that some of you serve on various levels. Um, it's amazing. This is a serving church. This is an incredibly serving church. We've walked, we walked in here a year ago and we saw Juliet gets everyone onto a serving team. And that's amazing. And my very short message this morning before we say thank yous um, is really just an encouragement to you that do serve. It's a thank you for you that serve. Um, and it'll show you some of the value in it. And also then take us to the next level as we um, endeavor to become like Jesus also in this. And that our serving would not be serving only in what we now perceive to be church, but our serving and our hearts for serving would be what we do every day. It was over this weekend we were at my parents' place and I had my quiet time and asked God, what should I what should my, what do you want of me in this day? And I just felt him say, rather than walk, walking out of here and thinking what you would like right now, because I was thinking I would like coffee, and I was thinking I would like some leftovers, and I was thinking I would like to just do this and that. He said, why wouldn't you just change your perspective and just walk out of here and see what would the other people around me like? How can I make that happen? And it's such a small thing, but it's such a massive turn. And I believe that wherever we are, we're called to serve those around us. And I won't be long. I'll read a few scriptures. Um, if some of you want to open your Kirundi Bibles, we're going to read from John 13, um, and then from Matthew 23, and from Philippians 2. So if you would like to plan that and read in Kirundi, John 13, we're going to start. This scripture is also, um, was the backbone to our mains, mains camp, it was what we focused on during the mains camp, and I would just like to bring it to remembrance again. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, the ESV says all things were given into his hands, the NIV says knowing that all things has, as the Father has put all things in His power. Jesus, knowing now fully that I've, I've come from the Father, I'm one with the Father, and like He said to the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus knows this in this moment. He says, Jesus knowing that all things has been put under his power and that he came from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. Just hang on before you move on. And the question that we've has been asked often and that I want to ask again this morning, what would you do if you know that ultimate authority has just been handed to you? What would you do when you realize that all power is yours now in heaven and on earth. When you get that realization, what would you do? What would we do? We know that 
um, as a guy, Sir John, Sir John Dolberg Acton, he, he said something that most of us know. I, I just didn't know it was him who said it, but he said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men. Huh. What would you do if you had all power? And what have we seen people do when they have it? Here Jesus recognizes it. What does God do? On the next slide, the scripture continues. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments. And, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. We can just stop there for now. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that that is what one would do when all authority is just, if, if you just know that you are the most, most powerful being in the world, the next thing you do is you wash your feet, you lay aside your outer garment. Garment, in those days, was a, in, in, in a way, it was indicative of your social standing and your authority. He um, took that off. He said, I, I don't recognize I don't look to this. I don't emphasize, I don't put value on this. And he took a towel, something that a servant uses. I heard someone say leaders should ask for a towel rather than a title. Amen. Jesus was that leader who took a towel around his waist. He showed a disregard for the worldly order that there was, and he began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them. And then Jesus explained to them a few things of what he just did, and it was summarized in this next sentence that's found in verse 14. He said, If I then, on the next slide, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus was the greatest among them. He was the greatest man who's ever lived. And this is his command that we wash one another's feet. Matthew 23:11 says it. The greatest among you, which in that instance was Jesus. But whoever is the greatest among us shall be the servant. Whoever is the greatest shall be the servant to serve others and not themselves. Their efforts in this life will not be to the benefit of themselves but for others. Such is such people are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. A definition of servitude a definition of what Jesus is speaking about right now, it sounds very hard to attain. Yet in the next scripture we'll see that it is, it is possible for us to attain this 
place. But I want us to make some switches must go on and off, on and off in our hearts right now and just say, am I living to serve me? Am I living to serve those around me? It links a lot with Nudea's sermon that he preached. Always just stopping ever so often and saying, whoa, my life. What about those around me's life? How can I serve them even as the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served? The definition of servitude that I find in the Bible that I want to bring to you today as I close is to do nothing definition of servanthood in my mind do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit do just do a few things for selfish ambition but in the rest of your life serve others is that a is that a good interpretation of the scripture? It's a, it's a terrible interpretation of the scripture. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. When you look at others, I'm terribly convicted. I do sometimes think I'm amazing. And the scripture is saying, because Jesus says I'm amazing. So I'm just in agreement with him. But so often that leads to us looking at others around me, around us, and we're not looking at them and saying, I think of this person as more significant than me. Most of us want to be significant. We even think it's godly to be as significant as I possibly can so that my significance level will rise and therefore be higher than some others. And Jesus say. Or uh, Paul is saying, the Holy Spirit through him, look, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then this beautiful piece, it says, Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth, he walked it as a man. In complete submission to the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that led him to serve like this, the same Spirit that rose him from the dead, lives inside of you. And it did says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's not unattainable, it's ours. To be like this. We are called for it and we are empowered to it. Amen. So that is my little message this morning on servitude as we would like to proceed and to thank everyone for being servants in this year. And I want to encourage you guys to continue in this way as we move out of here also is that cool we've been speaking about this a lot and uh, louis told me this morning you must get your holiday messages right 
to remember to continue having your quiet times and no, 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 don't backslide now in the holiday time. But when you, when you, in your, when you, some of you are leaving on holiday and you're going to be with friends and family, how about having this mind? How about waking up in the morning and thinking, my mom, my dad, my friend, my brother, I wonder how I could bless them in this day. I promise you, you'll go to bed much more fulfilled than wanting to just have it your way. Are you in for that? Going to be Christians this holiday. Amen? Great. So, with no further ado, I would like to start with the thank yous for this year. And first things first, 